Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode 34. is Alice Judge Talbot, mum and author of The Backup Plan, a book about the breakdown of her marriage and how she picked herself back up and built a new life for her and her two children. It's a very honest account of how it feels when your life doesn't work out the way that you thought it would and the various emotional hurdles that Alice faced once she realised her marriage was over. But it's not just worth reading if you're going through something similar. I heartily recommend it to everyone listening. It's brilliantly written with touching moments, humour and situations that lots of us can relate to. So I went over to Alice's place and over a cup of tea, we chatted about her experiences, what she's learned from it all and how she's juggling being a single mum with running her own business and writing a book. Welcome, Alice, to the podcast. Thank you, Alice. I'm really aware that I've just put my podcast <laughs> voice on. We've been sitting here chatting normally <laughs> over a cup of tea in your kitchen, and I've put the mic on, and I've suddenly switched into your podcast Podcast, Alison. <laughs> I'm like Superman in a phone box. <laughs> um, so, Alice, yep. you are a mum of two. Yes. You've got Elfie, who's seven. Hang on, eight. let me think, because we've had some birthdays. Um, now, my kids are 22 months apart, yes. so for two months of the year, I have this incredible time where I can say, oh, my kids are six and seven, and everyone goes, wow, you're amazing. You're a superwoman. Yeah, exactly, so we're right there at the moment. They are six and seven. But Elfie's soon going to turn eight. Yeah, she's, she's eight next month. Um, and you're a blogger at More Than Toast. Yep. You're a newspaper columnist. Mm-hmm. And now... Where is it? It's, it's here. here. It's here. You have a book. I'm an I'm an author. You are. How does that feel to be able to describe yourself as an author? I've only done it about six times so far, uh, but I'm slowly getting used to it. The first thing I did was change my Twitter bio. <laughs> so important. Author of the backup plan. Um, yeah, it's like a dream come true. I've wanted to write a book since I was a kid, so it's been insane. It and, hasn't quite sunk in yet. And is it true that you wrote a book when you were a kid? Tell me about that. I did. It's called Roger and the Ghost. Um, it sold out. All three copies. Um, my parents bought all three copies. I think I made one pound fifty. Um, so yeah, it was it was a success. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> disappointed that you haven't been describing yourself as an author since then. Um, yeah. And now, when you when you do meet someone and say I'm an author, is uh-huh. there any kind of imposter syndrome kicking in, or are you just embracing it? I haven't said it out loud 
Um, like I haven't met someone and said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Alice. I'm an author. Although I have been trying to organize the book launch party, which is something publishers don't do, by the way. No, I know this. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing it. I was um, quite surprised when I first discovered that. I assumed that you had minions who would create this amazing party. So who just, did I. You would rock up. Oh God, sorry. Doorbell. <laughs> sorry. Postman. Is it something exciting? I don't know. I won't open it now. I'll open it later. <laughs> it didn't look incredibly exciting. Uh, Oh yeah, I did. I rang two people yesterday uh, to try and organise my book launch party, and I said, "Oh hello, I'm an author." And I was like, "What? Am I J.K. Rowling? Like, am I Marion Keys? Yeah. No, I'm Alice Judge Talbot. Yeah. Um, and one of the men who I was speaking to at this bookshop trying to organise this party said, "Okay, and what publisher are you with?" And I said, "Hodder." And he was like, "Oh, we can definitely work something out for you if you're with Hodder." And I was like, "Yeah, amazing. It opens doors <laughs> it clearly. Does. That's yeah. really exciting." So your book, the backup plan is out on the 28th of June yes um and it's all about how your life changed when you find yourself a single mum of two little ones Mm -hmm. um tell me what your life was like before that so when you were a married mum of two little ones what was what was life like um it was kind of quite I'd say standard it was just very normal I lived in a village and I had two kids and a husband and a sensible car and a normal house and I never ever expected to get divorced um I don't think anyone gets married and has kids and then thinks well this isn't gonna last um so it was kind of a big shock and I thought it would be the absolute end of my life I thought I'd be destined to claim benefits and you know kind of live in the doldrums and be judged by society for the rest of my life but it was really the making of me it was such a positive thing to happen and I wouldn't change anything I did for the world I wouldn't change my marriage or the divorce or having the kids um and I wanted to put that in a book because when I was going through the process of considering splitting up with my husband the only resources that I could find to help me through it were things like the Citizens Advice website and, you know, just the really dry stuff that tells you how to split your assets and Mm. what to do about kids and custody. And there was nothing kind of from the heart that said, you're going to go through this, but it will all be all right in the end. Yeah. Um, So I really wanted to write something that would help other people who were perhaps thinking about embarking on a similar difficult journey. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, Back back then, what was your vision of your life? Like, so, you know... um, when you're perhaps just like a mum of one or mm-hmm. when Hux had just come along, what was how did you think that your life would pan out? Well, when I was, as long as I can remember, I've always just wanted to be a mum. And I thought as soon as my kids came along, that would be it, that I would just stay at home and make cakes and go on day trips to the zoo. And How like, unfeminist of you. I know, <laughs> I, honestly. Um, and I was like, and we'll play with Play-Doh and we'll make cakes and... You know, we'll do arts and crafts every day. I hate arts and crafts. Arts and crafts are terrible. Someone said to me on Instagram the other day, arts and crafts are the things that you do at other people's houses. Mm, like, don't, oh, don't yeah. do them at your house or, <laughs> or at school. Yeah, at school or, <laughs> you know, when you go along to kind of like, I don't know, if if you go along to like a, a day out and they have like a little arts table somewhere. Yes, it's like, go. Make your you mess know, somewhere yeah. else. Do not do it at home. Did I see not on Instagram recently? Weren't you, was Huck doing painting? Yeah, well, he'd been begging me to do painting and I was like, all right, fine. Once we will do painting. We have paints. We have never used them. Let's, you know, knock yourself out. Yeah. And I hovered over him the entire time going, oh, wonderful, darling. On the newspaper, sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, let me get the cloth. Yeah, just wash your hands. Um, my seven-year-old is really obsessed at the moment with watching Full House, that 80s sitcom oh, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. And there was one scene where 
um, the little toddler, who I think is played by Mary Kate and mm-hmm. Ashley Olsen, mm-hmm. and they share the role. <laughs> um, she's in her lovely bedroom, carpeted bedroom, lovely pink girly bedroom, um, painting on an easel. She's like three. As you do. And the dad's just like, you know, sitting next to her, chatting away. And I'm like, this is the most unrealistic <laughs> thing about parenting that I've ever seen in my life. This would not happen. There wasn't even newspaper underneath where she was God, sitting. Oh, God. It really kind of... Making me, me it, feel anxious. Yeah, I, I came out in a bit of a sweat just yeah. watching it. Oh my goodness. But yeah, it's, it's funny. I always wanted to just have that life of being a mum and crafting and staying at home with my kids and looking after my husband, which like saying that out loud now, I just wanted to find a husband and look after him. But that's fine because, which, that, you which, know, in reality, that is some a lot of people's goals and there's nothing wrong with that. No, God, no, absolutely. And I think that feminism is about being able to choose that choice if you want that life. But as soon as I started it, I just, I didn't feel fulfilled. I, I didn't think I loved my job that much when I was doing it, but I missed the workplace so much. I missed, I missed my team and I missed kind of feeling important outside of the home. Mm. Um, and I think it didn't help. Oh, well, I had postnatal depression, but I think when you have a kid, you kind of, you sold this myth that having children is the be all and end all and this child will arrive and it will be amazing and life will be like a movie. Yeah. And I was like, but I do all this stuff for her and she doesn't even say thank you. Like no one says thank you. No one pays me to stay up all night rocking this child until she sleeps. No one pays me to have cracked nipples. No one pays me to cook organic Annabelle Carmel meals every day bloody like, Annabelle Carmel <laughs> she's oh. got a lot to answer for <laughs> um, and I, I found that really hard to um, <clears throat> be in a life when no one appreciated what I was doing it is such a thankless task to oh, be in with it really is and mother nature is so clever that you love this tiny thing so much because if we didn't love our kids as much as we would do we, we would just throw them out the window oh yeah I mean, I considered it on times, and I loved her incredibly. So take them out with the recycling. Yeah, oh God, yeah, take them back to John Lewis. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a massive shock to me when I first had kids, and I thought I thought I'd just live this lovely life of looking after them and being a mum and looking after the home, but um, that didn't happen. And I really wanted to go back to work after I had the kids, and then obviously the divorce happened, so that gave me another level of motivation to. Um, go back out to work and to build a life that was totally different to the one that I thought I was going to lead. And that's why it's called the backup plan because my original life uh, didn't pan out at all. Yeah, but you know... Good job you had the backup plan in place. Well, I didn't... Eventually. That's the secret. I didn't actually have the backup plan. It just happened... But it turned out it was the best, it, you know, it was the best thing that could have happened all along. Yeah. So what was that moment like, though, when you realised that your marriage was over and that actually plan A wasn't mm-hmm. going to work out? And I write about that in the book, and I think it's one of the most important, I'll put it in inverted commas, scenes, um, because it was almost funny. I'd been on, my ex-husband went away for a week to think, and he went down to London and spent a week away where we didn't speak to each other. And then he came back and said look, I've just had this week away, why don't you take some time out? Maybe you can go to London or go and visit some friends up north. And I was like, no, I've, I've been at home now for two and a half years with the kids. I'm going to go to New York and see my friend in New York. So I literally booked a flight and left the next day. Amazing. And Hux was like six months old at the time. So I'd been breastfeeding. So I had, you know, my breastfeeding boobs and I had postnatal depression and I was not in a good place, but I just needed that distance to be away from my family and realize who I was when I wasn't at home with the kids and being mum it was probably one of the best things you could have done though because going somewhere completely alien to Mm -hmm. your life as it was then like New York which is like 
you know, bright lights. Only slightly different to Milton Keynes. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know, when you when you have been in that 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 first six months of being a mum, and it is very much feeding, sleeping. Yeah. You know, it's 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 quite it's relentless. relentless. Yeah, jinx. But it was <laughs> it was on that trip. I kind of I knew that I had to go home and end my marriage. And the marriage ended the day I got home. My husband came, ex husband, came home, and um, we. My mum took the kids out, and we. I remember it as clear as day. Now we stood at the kitchen counter, and. We were both like, you know, this has to stop. It's over. Mm. And there wasn't any big, like, shouting. And, in fact, we were laughing because it was so, like... It wasn't funny, but it just felt so strange to say, this is it, our marriage is over. It's finishing now. Must have been quite surreal. Very surreal, yeah. Um, but we'd talked about it for a long time, so it wasn't a surprise. And I was like, what, what do we do? Do we take our wedding rings off? And he was like... I suppose we do and we both kind of took our wedding rings off and left them on the side and that was it the marriage was over mm. not legally the divorce came a couple of years later yeah um but yeah that was the moment I'm quite lucky there wasn't any shouting and plate smashing and you know you're a bitch you're a bastard we didn't have any of that That's we, good. Um, we still I mean if I was stuck on a desert island I probably wouldn't want to be with him but we're still quite good friends That's so. really good um you make it sound like really quite a positive experience um and you, you really come across as being this kind of strong, independent woman. But were there points where you kind of just wanted to hide away mm-hmm. and actually thought, oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be? Like what, once, oh God, yes. once you'd gone your separate ways. Yeah, once the dust had settled, I immediately felt like I was free and like I'd been kind of let out of a cage because I'd been in my marriage, I'd been in my relationship for 10 years and it had been unhappy for a while. But six months after he left... He came to drop the kids off and I said, can you come in and talk to me? And I was like, please come back. I can't do this on my own. Aww. And uh, I mean, good for him. He was like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't mean this. And I was like, yes, I do. I don't want to do it on my own anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was really good with me then. And he said, come on, you know, this is what we need to do. This is the right thing to do. And obviously we did stick at it. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's really hard to be on your own after 10 years when your life, even if it's wrong, when your life is so entangled with someone else's life, it's very difficult to detach yourself from each other. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Um, so what, what was the turning point for you when you picked yourself up and you just thought, actually, I'm going to make this work? You know, I think, I think in the blurb on your book, you say that you, uh, you realised that you had to thrive. Mm. What, what was the point when you thought, actually just surviving isn't enough Mm -hmm. I need to really make something of myself and my you know create something for my family Mm -hmm. um and I hope this doesn't sound too shallow but I think part of the reason why I've done so well and I've worked so hard is because I'm quite materialistic (laughs) I really you like things I like things and I like living in a nice house and I like buying handbags and shoes and dresses And when um, my ex-husband left, I I kind of thought, well, I just need to find another man. You know, I need another man in my life to support me through life and to, you know, help me live and to financially and emotionally support my family. Um, And I went out and found a couple and they were right weirdos. Um, And it took, I think, that experience of going out with some men who probably would have married me and I could have had quite a nice solvent life but they were freaks and weirds mm. for me to go okay I need to I need to work on this I need to think of what else I can do yeah work out what your priorities actually are yeah and then um after I got really into work and 
I, the blog started doing well and I worked for a couple of ad agencies and I worked my way up to director level. I was kind of like, actually, this is good fun. I really enjoy being the master of my own destiny and I really enjoyed being able to provide for my children myself. Um, and it was that really that made me think, you know, I don't need to just survive. I can work harder and I, I have got an opportunity here to work as hard as I can to make a really good life for myself and for the kids yeah. and to, to buy stuff. <laughs> and, 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 and how did you manage that? I, mean, I just think, you know, I have found being a mum not the easiest thing in the world mm-hmm. and I have found the juggle really hard and there are two of us parenting mm-hmm. one child. You're one person parenting two children. Mm-hmm. So how on earth have you managed to balance that with creating your own business and writing a book oh my goodness I mean you know I think there's a lot to be said for having complete autonomy of your own life and I think sometimes when you're married deferring to someone else and having to organize someone else's timetable um you know even cooking dinner every night and there's a lot of admin that comes with a relationship Mm. and I think quite often one of the blessings of being a single parent is that I don't have the admin of the relationship I don't have the stress of taking on all the emotional work that I did in my marriage I'm not responsible for cooking for someone else I'm not responsible for apart from the kids I'm not responsible for someone else's washing for example and I, I don't get frustrated if I ask my husband to put up a shelf and it sits on the ground for a week you know that that sort of thing used to really stress me out and took up a lot of headspace um but I'm completely in control of everything now um I have my kids most of the time their dad has them every other weekend and we just have our routines and they work and I know I know my boundaries uh the kids know what I do and they I try and get them involved in my work because I think it's important for them to see what I'm doing and that I work for a living and that this is why we have money and things and holidays um but it kind of I I find life on my own even though I don't have the support of a husband I find it easier because that extra layer of emotional stress is taken away that's really good it's funny you saying about how you uh, get your kids involved with what you do I was quite horrified the other day when I was chatting to my daughter and um she said something about how mummy would do whatever it was because daddy works and I kind of had a sharp intake of breath and I was like (laughs) you know mummy works too don't you and she was like do you and I was like um yes <laughs> I run my own business and she was and she was really confused by it I'm like you're seven and quite often I'll take her along to things that are for mummy's work like what, yeah. an event that we need to go to like a family film screening or something yeah. and it's like what do you think we're doing why are we going along <laughs> to things for mummy's work normal if... people don't do this kind of thing yeah <laughs> Oh my goodness. But that means you must be having such a good time doing work that it doesn't look like work to her. That's which true. Is setting a good example. But I was quite horrified that even she just thought that the norm was that dads work and yeah. mums loll around the house all day doing nothing. <laughs> Great, I've failed clearly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, what would you say have been the biggest challenges for you then as a single mum? Ooh, that's a good question. Dating has been really hard. And I think that's another thing, actually, going back to how I survive or how I manage without having a husband or a man around. I think it makes you so much pickier having known that you have to add that you have to bring someone into your life to add things and not take them away makes it so much trickier to find someone because so many men are like drainers I guess that well, lots of men that I've met are drainers and just haven't had a pot but as soon as someone doesn't have a positive effect I'm like well, what am I doing I don't have time for th- I'm too tired for this I'm yeah. too tired for any kind of emotional stress um but I think it yeah that makes you even with friends I've completely refined my list of friends since I became single because I just don't have time for the crap I don't have time for people who are full of drama and don't want to bring anything and I I want to bring positivity to other people's lives as well so it goes both ways and I've completely forgotten what the question was Uh, the uh, (laughs) the biggest challenges that you're facing as a single mum um honestly loneliness I do get lonely sometimes I don't have anyone to watch Netflix with and that makes me sad sometimes yeah um isn't that what social media is for isn't that why you get onto Twitter while you're watching Love Island it is but it's sometimes nice to like put your head in someone's lap yeah when you're watching telly or, or have someone else cook dinner or when the kids are a lot younger obviously they're they're older now so it's not as hard but one of the things I found it hardest was living in quite a rural area and I live near Milton Keynes there's lots going on but I can't leave the house after they're asleep. Yeah. And for the longest time, when the kids were with their dad, I would always go out after dark, whether I was just going to Waitrose or going to pick up a takeaway, because I can't do that when the kids are here. And I would be like, I really want an Indian, but no one can bring me an Indian. And that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I remember crying down the phone to the local fish and chip shop because they refused to deliver. Oh. And I was like, but I'm I'm on my own in the house and I've got two kids and I can't leave and I really need fish and chips you right now. You don't understand. You don't understand. Oh my goodness. So lots of those logistics are quite hard. And just so being t- able to... Takeaways, that's your biggest challenge. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Oh, honestly, it's a hard life. Or just being able to, or just having someone that you can ring up and go, um, can you bring me a bar of chocolate on your way home? Yeah. But I, I've heard, I, I talk about this a lot, actually, and it's not it's not the hard times that I find it difficult to share. It's the good times. So it's not the times, you know, when life is really hard and I'm really tired and someone's ill. It's the times when, like, Hux has just learnt to read and I'm so proud of him or, or Elfie's done something incredible and I'm really proud of her. It's like, who do I share that with? Mm. I have no one to share that with. And that's really sad. Like, the hard times I've got down, but the, the happy times, I normally just ring my mum. But I, I do wish sometimes I had someone to share those happy times with. Yeah. And holidays and things. It's, it's fine that we go on holiday on our own, but it'd be nice to have someone else along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. Someone else to take that. pictures of me, like, paddleboarding or something. I have to ask the instructors. <laughs> I need a husband. I need an Instagram husband. That's all I want. No, that's basically it's someone who can point a camera. Someone who can let you go and get fish and chips. You can put your, your head on their lap and take photographs of you paddleboarding. If there's anyone out there listening, yeah, call me. <laughs> DM me. Slide into my DMs. These are the requirements. Um, I'm not fussy. What kind of role model do you want to be for your kids? I mean, imagine they're describing you. What would can I make your heart sing to hear them say? 
Um, I always love talking about feminism with them and um, making sure they know how powerful women can be. Um, not that I didn't have that growing up because my mum is a very strong woman, but I had a, quite a different role model set when I was growing up. My parents are still together now after years and years and years. So I think I will bring them up quite differently. But yeah, I just want them to know how strong how strong hucks can be as well, how strong anyone can be, not just women. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of people think that feminism is about girls being better than boys and mm. women be, you know, becoming more powerful than men. Mm. And it's like, actually, it's just it's about just equality. equality and choice. Yeah. Even my dad said this to me the other day. He said, well, it's called feminism. You know, shouldn't it be called humanism? And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, we our, our whole race is called mankind. Yeah. And, you know, things they are called man-made. Yeah. As soon as things are called humankind and you can say, oh, that was that was human-made, yeah, then we'll start calling it humanism. Yeah. But Once you know, we've got equality, then we'll start calling it humanism. Yeah, exactly. Once the gender pay gap is gone and once there are women in parliament and women in boardrooms and like, what's that ridiculous statistic that in the FTSE 100 there are more men called Steve yeah. in boardrooms than there are women? I mean... It's just laughable, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And you've got a range of uh, merch, haven't you? I have got some As merch. if you weren't busy enough <laughs> doing the blog and the book and raising two humans. Um, and I'm actually drinking tea out of one of your mugs right now. Yeah. Keeping it on brands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always wanted to just... I mean, I've got a massive interest in the internet. And I always wanted to start some kind of online business. And I don't think it's going to make me millions, but I just wanted to learn a bit more about online business. And I would like to have some kind of empire one day. Not sure what that's going to be Just yet. some kind of empire. <laughs> a small, casual empire. A mini empire. <laughs> um, and I thought that kind of starting this kind of business and doing it for something that I was really passionate about, which is feminist kind of... On, on the line of feminism t-shirts and mugs and postcards and I've got a couple of bags um, and I thought it'd be just a great way of learning how online business works and it has been a really interesting um, learning curve I still can't fold t-shirts and um, I hope I can help you with this I had a part-time job in the gap oh did you and oh my goodness if you want someone to fold t-shirts or fold <laughs> jeans you know they've got that jeans wall yes I was like queen of the jeans wall that is impressive I used to make it look amazing I would spend my whole shift just refolding jeans that is amazing so you know if you, if you want some help meditative it was quite that. nice yeah and also when you work in the gap as well they've got this kind of um cd going it's probably some mp3 now back mm -hmm. in the day it was and, and apparently apparently if you walked into any gap store at any given point in the world the same song would be playing oh really i don't know if that's true but that's I what like the, that that's theory. what the managers told us and so you got to know the music that was playing sounds like so a cult it was a little bit honestly we were given these things called words to live by oh I'm my like, god i'm about to be sued by gap for revealing <laughs> this but we were given this like these little cue cards of like words to live by and it yeah. was like own it do it done oh my god that is like the primitive version of pinterest it really was quotes. it really was i loved working for the gap i'm just <laughs> i'm just adding that in there just in case um, any lawyers are listening um no i did genuinely love it but yeah jeans folding jeans and t-shirts i'm your lady so let's hook up alice yes let's because i imagine people get the packages that i send them and i wrap everything beautifully with tissue paper because i think when you spend 20 quid on something it's important that you enjoy opening it it's like a little present to yourself so i have my pink tissue paper and i write these little notes and i imagine they get down to the garment back and they're like oh oh how sweet sweet her child has has folded <laughs> this into the garment bag that could be your usp <laughs> my child wrapped this yeah. amazing i need to get like a postcard that says this was not wrapped with skill but it was wrapped with love yes mm -hmm. yeah just just yeah 
basically take advantage of the fact that you're a crap at folding. <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing to do. Um, okay, so what advice do you have for anyone listening who might be going through relationship issues right now and, you know, they've got a child or kids and they're in that horrible kind of like ooh, panicky stage of not knowing what God, the future holds yeah. for them? That's a horrible limbo. It's like you know that you need to make this massive life decision, but you know that as soon as you make it, you will have to change your life. And it's a horrible feeling to know that you have to do that. And the kind of, it's like, it's like that book going on a bear hunt. You can't go over it, can't go under it, got to go through it. Mm. And you know that there's going to be loads of pain and hard stuff ahead, but you just have to do it. Um, So I guess my advice would be to just surround yourself with people who understand you and who are there to give a shoulder to cry on and who will help you through it. Get lots of snacks in, because so many things can be solved with snacks. Snacks and wine. That's so true. Crisps and wine. If you're having a shit evening, just eat crisps for dinner and Mm. have a couple of glasses of wine and go on Instagram. I would have completely been lost without my little internet community. And even now, when I'm going through stuff, I have to write about it to kind of move over it. I do too. It's funny, isn't it? Like Mm. I, I feel like, I don't know if that's a blogger thing, but if I'm if I go through something really big in my life... It really helped me process yes. what I've been through to Absolutely. write about it. And then to get feedback from people yes. as well. Whether it's negative or positive feedback, yeah. it's still helpful. You just kind of push it out in the universe. And mm. I sometimes even find it hard to be genuine in my work until I've written about that. Mm. I kind of feel blocked, creatively, creatively blocked, until I've kind of been honest about what's happened and what's gone on. Yeah. Um, Did you feel that way when you weren't able to talk about writing your book? Have you felt a little bit creatively blocked yeah, in the last few months? Yeah, it's been horrible. It's been absolutely horrible to sit on it. It's been the worst thing ever. Because when you're, when you're not used to keeping things secret, when you're used mm-hmm. to sharing, it's mm-hmm. actually really hard yeah. to and it's keep been the, secret. Yeah, and the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. And to not tell the world... Like, Instagram's like a best friend. You know, you tell everything to Instagram. Yeah. And it's been hideous to not be able to tell people. So I'm really, really glad that I've been able to tell and to share in my success. And I really want to invite, this is going to sound a bit weird, but when I have the party, I really want to invite some people from Instagram yes. so I can, like, so we can have a hug. That's such a nice <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Turning it into a real, real community, community rather than thing. just online. Mm. Um, okay, Alice, I have got some quick-fire questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we've mentioned, you make and sell feminist merchandise. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, The Guilty Feminist. If you don't, then you really should. Oh, I don't. It's really, really good. And they do this thing where they basically say, they basically admit their least feminist thing that they've oh, done I that love, day. I love that. Oh my God, so I it's, really love that. I'm a feminist, but... Yeah. Um, so I want you to tell me the least feminist thing about you. I'll tell you mine before you tell me yours. Um, I'm a feminist, but I secretly enjoy ironing my husband's shirts. Oh my god, that's disgusting, Alison. I, I can't, know. I can't believe that. I can't, I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I will explain. It's because I, I put podcasts on when I'm this, when I'm doing it, and there was something quite kind of repetitive about mm-hmm. ironing a shirt, and I get to just kind of switch off and listen to the podcast and. On top of that, I'm doing an act of kindness because mm-hmm. he hates doing it. He hates ironing his shirts. So I feel like I'm doing something really kind for him. So it mm-hmm. makes me feel good. Okay. What's yours? I've got one. I'm a feminist, but I have been watching Love Island and I've been feeling completely pulled over it because some of the behaviour of the men on that show is just disgusting. And the way that, oh my God, when I watch the recoupling at the weekend and like the, the men get to choose which women they want to be with that week, which women they want to sleep with that week. Does that, I mean, but then for, um, okay. do the women get to do that as I, well? I don't know. I, um, I, I don't watch Love Island. I watched the first episode last week and I'm, I want to catch up and watch mm-hmm. more. 
Um, but on the first episode, the women got to choose the men. Yes, I do remember that. Actually. So I do wonder whether they alternate it, maybe. Mm. But yeah, even the, the whole thing is just a bit it's, icky and weird. My friend Laura Williams, Laura Jane Williams, she's uh, great on Instagram stories, and she she it's, she calls it Love Island lunches. She watches Love Island every day over her lunch, and then she'll come and she'll say my God, this is sexual coercion. You know, I can't believe Adam is doing this on TV. It's disgusting. And everyone's eating it up and saying how fit, he's just getting away with it because he's fit. Mm. And um, that's brilliant. Like, it's really made me think about yeah. what goes on. And I think Love Island this year, there has been a lot more mumbles about yes. how, what we are teaching our young people. Which is really good. This. Which yeah. is really good. So I, I kind of feel like, even though it's potentially something really hideous and damaging on on screen, it's it's provoking really mm-hmm. great conversation yeah, and really absolutely. great questions being asked. The other person, I mean, again, I'm not really watching it, but the other person who seems to be um, raising a lot of those topics on Twitter is Daisy Buchanan. I don't know if you follow her. Yes, I do. But she's doing yeah. an awful lot of that as well. So it just feels yeah. like it's a real positive thing to yeah. come out of basically trashy TV. It is so trashy. <laughs> and I just wish they had people of more normal body shapes on there yeah it's kind of gross that i mean i'm not gonna say i don't even fancy that kind of man you know like ripped because they're all they just care about themselves so much care about their body so much and i just wish it was more representative of what actual people look like yeah and maybe they weren't all so beautiful because it's not really real life is it it really isn't um that was the least quick fire question and answer sorry, in the world. sorry. no it's, uh, i need to get better at asking quicker fire <laughs> questions or um right what's your earliest memory quick snappy go um i had a cake that was a cat a birthday cake that was a cat that oh. my mum made when I, I think i was five oh. my fifth birthday and a bouncy castle and a magician oh <gasps> Dream fifth birthday. Right. Oh, I would never do that for my kids. No, not a five. All those kids at my house. No way. No way. (laughs) Um, What's the best decision you ever made? Ooh. Can I say to get married and which taught me so much and then I got divorced that's such a nice way of looking at it Alice thank you I do have to say and I know this is like a really really long answer again but in the um I really had to I had to do this in the acknowledgements of my book I'll read it out loud because I love it I've said this book will never be in existence without my marriage so a huge thank you to my ex-husband Will who's always been an incredibly good sport when it comes to my inherent need to write about my and by extension his life experiences because honestly like he has been so forgiving I say of me of like wanting to share and write and I don't think he completely would love me doing that if he had the choice he'd probably say I'd rather you didn't write a book about our divorce but he's been such a good sport it must be weird yeah to um for your ex-wife to have written a book about your divorce that that must be kind of strange for him yeah I think so and because it happened so quickly he didn't get a chance to read it before you know it went to print so I do feel quite I, I said to him, I said to him this week, don't worry, Will, the lawyers read it, they said it's fine. He was like, oh, it's all right then. Um, has he read it now? No, no, oh. he hasn't read it now. Um, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit nervous too. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm not sure whether or not to give him a copy. Um, but he's ever so good. And, you know, if I could choose anyone as a first husband, I'm glad it was him. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have divorced anybody else. Oh, that's so nice. Um, okay, um, what's been your most embarrassing parenting moment? Oh, God. I mean, where do you start? <laughs> um, you must have had some crackers with your two. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I'm trying to think. Hux does that thing often when, you know, he says, he said to someone the other day when we were all together, why is that man's teeth yellow? 
Is it because he didn't brush? He's very obsessed with brushing his teeth. We, right. We've been to the dentist that week. Is it because he doesn't brush his teeth properly? Oh, oh gosh. Um, I mean, you, you want to say, yes, it's because he doesn't brush his teeth properly, so make sure you brush your yes, teeth properly. Yes, that's what will happen to you if you don't brush your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Will, my ex-husband, said that they said something similar to someone who was in a wheelchair, and like, why, he said, why does that person have no legs? And I think people, though appreciate children's honesty yeah and you know if people say to me what's that and i'm like well yeah i've just got a big nose or something you know yeah and i don't want them to feel that they can't say what's in their heads but also i don't want them to tell people they've got yellow teeth so it's a fine line it's, it's the other person's feeling is feelings yeah. isn't it you don't want them to feel embarrassed or hurt by yeah. what your kids <laughs> saying loudly yeah oh dear so i've had plenty of moments along that vein that you know you're like god all the ground just swallowing me whole yeah we all have we all have alice thank you so much for being my guest today it has been such a delight to chat to you thank so. you for having me thank you you for listening please head over to itunes and subscribe and while you're there write me a review and give me a rating as well please it really helps um yeah i hope you've enjoyed this episode and i'll catch up with you next time Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.